Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Arathian Unofficial Spoiler Podcast. I am Van Sexel, and here with me always is... Sincere Steve here, people. Welcome to the show. We have a guest today for this weekly spoilers podcast. So, say hi again to Naga. Hi, Naga. (laughs) (laughs) It's me, the person from the other recaps, the asshole that you hate so much. Um, yeah. He's also the god who brought Regicide back together. Oh, true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am Tyler's god entirely. Oh, man. Um, this episode, we will be discussing uh, Regicide Season 4, Episode 6, Throne Keeper Season 2, Episode 5, and Kingmaker Season 5, Episode 6. Quick thing. Um, because it was pointed out to us, maybe this might be a weekly thing if we keep forgetting. Uh, what we forgot to talk about? We forgot to talk about Ririn's older shady brother, Tristan. <laughs> who may or may not be part of the uh, pre-clearum. But uh, I guess we can get more into that when we talk about... Was he confirmed be- to be his older brother? Or was it just a rel- like someone in the family? No, he's, a sp- he's the brother. Uh, Lady Isaac was saying that it's a bad thing about what happened to his brother. She was talking about it. Ah, okay. Younger brother. Yeah, they said younger brother. But, okay. I mean, I don't really know too, Corvain. Sorry, that's uh, Raren and uh, soon to be Jaden. So um, I don't think this guy actually exists. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I mean, if, if, if they don't have some sort of connection to the undead or devils, I don't think they really count. Sorry. Person <laughs> could be the cooler older brother. Roll me now. Oh, he could be a connection to demons. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the way Lady Isaac was talking about him. I don't think he's cool at all. So. <laughs> I mean, be, no, when I mean cooler, I mean cooler than Rayron. Like, <laughs> <laughs> listen, I know I'm an apologist podcast, but you guys don't want to like listen. Rub his foreskin all over. <laughs> oh man! Uh, before we jump the gun, let's just get into Regisa. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we start off this episode with Commander Bars coming out of uh, the gate, and apparently the people in the gate wouldn't let her in. So there was yeah, that. Um, they totally within their rights and everything like that. They say land. Um, hmm. <laughs> she, she's uh, yeah. a high commander, right? Just to make it clear. Yeah. So, so yeah. she's so there's only like one person who's technically above her in terms yeah. of military structure. Mm. So. But they can totally deny her access. It makes total sense. Total Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. Yes. Military yeah, protocol. One hundred percent. Technically, you're in the wrong jurisdiction. Uh, we technically don't listen to you. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah. Fortunately, Commander Barnes isn't the person to take no for an answer. <laughs> uh, we get um, Cadis back, and he is just beat the hell up, dude. In, in both ways. What have mm. they done to my boy? My poor boy. <laughs> They massacred my poor boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that was rough. <laughs> it, was, guys, it was rough. Did you guys say, like, in the last uh, recap podcast of uh, the week, that um that you guys didn't expect, expect him to be more like a guest, or didn't expect him to be, like, didn't expect that to happen, essentially? No. I wasn't expecting him to be... I like, didn't expect him to be looked after well, but I didn't expect them to be dead but i don't know what what else to expect yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I, I mean, I I was expecting him not to have been locked up because he's a freaking lieutenant commander. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I like, oh, think about think about this way. Um, so there's a lieutenant commander goes on himself to a prison that's like he's not supposed to be allowed to go to, even though he has the proper rank and authority. He goes in by himself, and he's like has like high ideals, morals, and ethics, and is just pissed off with everything that you're doing like but all the people in, you, in the gate listen to let's say the warden the warden has the power he, uh Cadus doesn't so the warden mm-hmm. can just say you know what? i don't like your attitude you're by yourself no one else knows how about you find yourself a comfortable cell yeah but that, yeah that's, that's the thing though like he's my lieutenant commander yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, yeah he's a Somebody's gonna ask where the hell the commander went. <laughs> I mean, no one asked for what? How long was he gone? According to him, years. According to others, months. According to others, days. <laughs> it's a perfect time for him to go there. <laughs> he only told people who, where he was going. He only told three people, and those were ex-convicts. Two ex-convicts, the and one was a foreign enemy yes. soldier. So he didn't really. So. He didn't really tell anyone from command. Yeah, so I mean that's that that's true. Still, still, there's plenty of cop, there's plenty of comeuppance and consequences coming for the gate. It seems, <laughs> assuming this group survives, <laughs> they've already lost six, <laughs> and mostly the horses. Uh, one thing about Anno, they're always going to lose their horses. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I knew that's what you were going to say. <laughs> yeah, I I'm glad Anno made that. That was like. I knew what was going to happen the moment Anna dropped that curse when Cadus went to the gate. I was like, yep, this is going to happen. And I'm so happy for it because it's just going to be an interesting story. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, technically, he shot himself in the foot with it. So, uh... <laughs> I technically broke the pack. The, uh, you don't really mess with uh, another Patreon's villain. Uh, that little thing we had going there. But, um... yeah. I mean, he also, <laughs> don't forget, he also was on the trump card that killed Leon. So he was always outside of it anyway. <laughs> to be fair, that was chaotic and he didn't specify. <laughs> I, I'll give him a pass for that one. That old curse is uh, they're a lot more damaging than not as easy to counter. <laughs> Let's move on to what you were talking about, where um, Cadis is just shattered. Mentally, emotionally, physically, apparently. He's just broken. He's a broken man. It, it was a little hard to see this at first. Especially after, like, immediately when Scott was supposed to RP Cadiz, we got the news about um, RBG. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it kind of set the entire mood for that scene. We probably it should did. go over that a little bit more in detail because not all of us from the States, just as a thing. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, Supreme Court Justice, I think it was. Supreme Court Justice, she was yep. a phenomenal woman uh, that uh, had won the seats of the Supreme Court. She recently died, um, and now there's going to be a lot of, to keep it consequences short, due po- to it. Uh, consequences and political bullshit. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. RIP uh, RBG, and yeah. So uh, back to like, sorry if it seems a little flippant, but uh, 
We can't have that be the whole podcast. <laughs> Just something yeah, had to be no, said. It's, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like Scott said in the thing, it definitely helped get him into the freaking mindset to play that character. <laughs> He, he had a very defeatist mentality coming out of the gate. Because hmm. when I made the character with Scott, he was supposed to be like literally like the golden boy of Perindale, like basically the poster child, where it's like, this is our Captain America, the person who represents uh, the ideals of Perindale, that anyone from any position from anywhere can rise up in Inclimate and become someone. And he got swamped. Yeah, that's just words too. <laughs> um, quick thing, you which you guys might find funny. Uh, every time I imagine Cadis, for some strange reason, I imagine him as a dwarf in armor. <laughs> I have no backing for why I do that. There's no, there's absolutely no reason. <laughs> and today, I, like yesterday, I was trying to figure out. Why do I keep thinking this Cadis is a dwarf? Wait, wait, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I think we'll think she's a paladin. Wait, 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 wait. What, what, what's a dwarf? Those don't exist. No, get, out, of, no. Get, get out of here. This, this no, 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 no. Propaganda. Like, no, 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 no. no, no. They don't exist. Oh, man. So either he's a dwarf or he's a paladin. Either way, you're wrong. Next year, next year, tell me elves exist. Oh. <laughs> Um, so, um, moving, moving up ahead a little bit, we find out that the party decides to go to Merrick because of, uh, Cadis's, Cadis's heavy wounds, and they have a lot of hurt surges from the troll attack from last episode. To be fair, so, um, only two members of the party, only two, only two members of the party basically went to that town. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that gift they posted in uh, Regicide Spoilers was pretty darn accurate. Um, yeah. <laughs> someone someone was dodging from... the plot! <laughs> <laughs> and then decided to give their god a middle finger. <laughs> I am not calling out that person by name, but by god, I had to slap their snake ass Straight back to the plot. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. Role. I was tempted to just just curse. Uh. Let's, let's talk about that for a yeah. little bit. I um, I was not confident that they were going to rejoin today. Yeah. I, now Delric said by first break, which I gave him a break because they, we had the first break when uh, when we found out that RBG died. So uh, you know, it's really hard to to try to maneuver that all into there um but i was like it's been a while and ophio still ain't joined the party <laughs> and then he uh and then he decided fuck the party <laughs> and went off by himself i'm yeah. not gonna argue with tyler that that's what Ophius would have done i mean yeah i'm not gonna yeah I'm not gonna it's really freaking unfortunate for the story but it's no it's yeah. fair it's it, it, it makes sense. Like I'm not going to argue Tyler's logic. Like mm. Ophios could perceive that in many other ways. Like that went down that way is unfortunate, but makes sense. Well, um, character-wise, I I love the fact that he did it. You know, meta-wise, it was like, dude, it's been like four episodes. Like, you, you, you know, <laughs> Scott's giving you an out. Like, hey, Tyler, we're about to move the plot. And he's like, no, nah, I'm going to move him. 
way. I was like, I'm just gonna be here, my edge lord corner. Uh. But but character wise, I, I I love his uh the way that Tyler was analyzing the way that Ophios would uh take all that information in and try to process it because it makes total sense. He doesn't know that they thought he was dead. Uh, from Elijah looking at the whole thing, which I kind of want to get into. Um, I think more than before, or maybe it's just me picking it up. I see that Elijah is very empirical. Like he needs. He needs to see these things, even though he had that inkling that it might have been Ophios. It was like, OK, you got to prove to me that you're Ophios because, you, you know, he had the inkling because he went back and immediately told Rena that it might have been Ophios. Mm-hmm. Like if he didn't think it was if he didn't believe a little bit that it was Ophios, he probably wouldn't even brought it up to her. Yeah, he yeah. he believes in like on like like lo- like he likes to do things logically. He's like, Ophios is dead. It doesn't make sense. This person is Ophios. Provide me proof. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't feel, he doesn't go on. Would you say he goes on gut feelings or no? Because I I would say no. no. The only the only reason I would say no is because the uh, amount of questions that he was just asking was like, okay, maybe you're Ophelia. Okay, maybe you're another snake that was with us. Because it's logically impossible for you to be Ophios unless Ophios didn't die, and we. You know, we honestly believe Ovio's stuff. Yeah, they, they saw him turn into lava and melted through a statue. Yeah. That looks pretty dead to anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> it was like his god literally took him from them. Yeah. Unless someone had seen that happen before and knew that the other person came back, yeah, that's the only thing they could have... Well, other than that, being consumed by their god is the thing. That'd be the only other way to take that, really. Yeah. Plus, I don't think they actually... They've never fought a Sloko, so they don't know what a Sloko does when he dies. You know? Mm. Maybe it just does just turn back to lava. <laughs> I do also want to bring up that uh, Messiah's getting some brownie points at the Paradell people that they're with for all of his medical abilities in this episode. Yeah. Not just, not just for Cadus, but also for the other guards who were injured and things like that as well. Yeah, they're their attitude towards him very much changed because he saved them. He basically took care of the medicine and basically kind of he helped, he helped them. He's not helping them like it's 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 like it's because their lines meet. He's like he doesn't see them as enemies. They're like technically these are just people now. Yeah, he sees them as people have, too. Yeah, I don't have any hatred towards them. It'll be unfortunate if we fight against each other on opposite sides again. But like I feel like he realized. Or he always believed this, that in the end, no matter what side you are, people are just people. Every soldier is a person. That doesn't make them this whole monstrosity that one side's propaganda tries to show off. I think he came to that after um, having to work with Cadus and the other Paradell uh, commanders for so long. Because he got to know Rena and Ophios for like 10 minutes, and then he immediately was working with Paradell to move the objective along. So I feel like him working with Paradell is what probably changed his mind. Yeah, I could probably debate those before that, but it's just a case of really that when he came in, it was really freaking quick. <laughs> Everything was moving yeah, way too quickly true. to properly show that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, sure, he didn't go digging people up when the building collapsed, but um, it wasn't exactly like they had much time once the building collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to fast forward to, um, I guess, when they get to um, uh, the town and 
basically Elijah's conversation with Cadis and then Rena's conversation with Cadis and then Cadis's the plan he has. That is the next part, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so with uh Cadis's injuries, uh Elijah's concerned that he might have internal bleeding. So decides to hang around and make sure that he doesn't have it while he's sleeping. Which I can kinda of understand is like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> which is kinda of Cadis's response was. <laughs> like how Messi descri- described it was brilliant. He says like I'm I'm basically like that side character that basically sits in the corner in a chair, nodding off, waiting for the main character to wake up from a coma. Mm. I feel like that's a great uh, description of what was going on. Uh, all the te- all the talking shared a Cadis becoming the main character. <laughs> <laughs> Rina, like, I thought I was the main character. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, it, it, it like, it makes sense. It, it kind of makes sense if the roles were reversed. It makes more sense that like Reno's more like the villain antagonist, and Cadis is like the the protagonist. Like, considering the whole alignment and yeah. morals yeah. and ethics. But yeah, well, I was gonna say in this conversation, you really get to see how broken down Cadis is. Like, he makes quite a few. State like we were saying before, you you kind of made uh Cadis to be the poster boy for Paradell, and then this and this he says like she's not my commander. I'm Tazian first, or like there's a lot of stuff. Just like whoa, dude! Like <laughs> I thought you were a Paradell, you know. He, well, to be fair, he <laughs> says he was Tazian first. I'm like, yeah. I, I think that's implying that he's remembering more about his past. Like I wasn't always Paradell, and he's I mean, like. He realized everything about Perindel is not as good as I once thought. I mean, in the situation he is, he was in, it's definitely a case of he had a lot of time to think about um, about where he, where he came from and how he got to this position. Well, yeah, because we didn't so, say how long he was there. He was gone for, like, years. His perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah we actually find that out in this conversation between Cadis uh, and Elijah, that it's been at least over a year. It's uh, my guess would be more. three to six. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I can agree with that. The only thing that I would say otherwise is that even though he always knows he was tasing first, that was never yeah. like he wasn't proud about being tasing first. Yes, because he was proud way- about being Paradell. Yeah. So that would be his number one thing. Like it would say, okay, I'm a Paradell soldier. Where in this conversation, we get, yeah, but yeah. I'm. Because tazing. the worst memories he has had. <laughs> Would have been when he was Tazian. Uh, well, until God now. Yeah, until now. Yeah. And God basically kind of gave some lore to Rena because she, she because her character would have known this, that he lived in an abusive family. His father ab- abused him. And like, like the only good thing about his life was, oh, I get to hang out with an awesome person like Rena. But everything else is shit. And then mm. eventually, Parendale came and his life just improved. And it was like, oh, this is great. All the good things that ever happened to me is while I was in the Paranormal military. And then a bunch of random shit happened to him all at once where he was like, the leadership is a lie. We're hiding, like we're hiding secrets. Like my own military basically put me in prison. Yeah. True. There's a lot. Well, I wouldn't say there's a lot to Cadis that hasn't been revealed, but there's like, there's still some things. For example, why Cadis was in, I think it was Zolgov. Was it where Rina and Ophios were arrested? Or was it Zatish? It was so good, yeah. They're also arrested in Dale, Just remember, they get arrested a lot. <laughs> yeah, it, it's <laughs> like there's still some things about Cadis that are more interesting to f- uh, figure out. Like 
like what happened during his time when he last met Rena uh, during the Inclimate and then up to the campaign. So it'll be interesting uh, how much that's going to be explored. But they got most of it, essentially. Yeah. Um, we also found out that uh, Vance and Laszlo are probably dead. R.I.P. Oh, they're, they're 100 dead. They're, they're, they're unless some sort of time travel shenanigans. But one of them was really old. So if six yeah. years happened. That's in that sort of conditions is definitely dead. Yeah. The other one was sort of a terroristy sort of person. So I don't think they were going to go any easier on him. This is the first time that like advisors have been or contacts have been perma dead. Like Leon came back, but and also uh, Mog. But yeah. yeah. But this is also off screen too. Yeah. So, all right, kind of makes sense to those guys. Um, R.I.P. So we also had Elijah talking with Rena about his background. Yeah, he finally got exposed in regicide. (laughs) (laughs) Keymaker did it first. Well, no, I think he he did he did talk to. he talked to Dwayne about some details, but he didn't really say much. But then, and then Scott, that Scott nightmare did that everyone else watched. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it, it was like imagery and vague okay. sentences. Wait. Which people can did he put talk two to two about together. it as well when they were drunk? No. Well, he, 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 he like when he was drunk, he's like, "Tell me all about 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 Guinevere. Oh, Never mind. Right. Don't tell you're me right. all about what yes, she's yeah, been yeah. doing. Tell me all about it." And then gets not yeah, you're passed right. off. The fuck out. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, by the way. So, and then Rena basically made like, oh, if I knew, I would have killed that. Like she, she basically implied that she would uh, like hurt Guinevere. I was like, don't, don't hurt her. She's a poor girl. Like it's broken. <laughs> I mean, well, technically, wasn't her that put those experiments true. in place. I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember what exactly was her. Extent. She said it was mainly her father, but she was yeah. also the assistant. She wanted to make it less lethal, but they already were moving on for another experiment, which. Mm. I'm not sure. You guys mentioned the podcast, that, right? That, uh, she was uh, working on the one that rips people's magic away. Yes, I was. I was wondering I mean, if you guys already stayed in that. And if the we did, we, we yeah. So yeah. So she she also been experimented on immediately afterwards. So she's also a victim yeah. of that. I'm not saying like she's blameless of the experiments, but I don't think she 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 was a daughter being told what her father would do and saying that it was good, like. The whole propaganda thing, and she seemed pretty guilt. Uh, felt yeah, pretty guilty. Yeah. Once she realized I, what they were going through, that's when she was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> yeah, and then it happened to her, and I was like, "Oh wow, I feel bad." If Elijah found out, I wonder how how that conversation would gone. If he found out that she was also experimented on, she was also yeah. A I'm hoping we get to see that in the future. I don't know. Maybe Rena might try to a couple of scenes some. Anime and things like that, where I think it would go like, but um, <laughs> oh, dude, imagine if uh, Regicide actually straight up killed Guinevere. Like, like, you think how how pissed off KM well, is going to be? Uh, they're already pissed off that t- that uh, Ophius attacked yeah. Phil. I know. <laughs> we're coming to I that. This week. It's going to Yale. It's like, oh, the person who helped us cure the disease. Not to mention, um, one of the first people we met, and um, like when we Adir. came to Adir, that's been giving us. All sorts yeah. of items and that sort of thing has been really helpful with our trade and that sort of thing. And you <laughs> robbed them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll find out what happens in Kingmaker. Yeah. Now you're going to murder a friend of ours? Well, ah. Uh, yeah. 
It's, it's, at least they calm down from the immediate let's use a boot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but after the whole Elijah and Rena conversation, then there was the whole Rena and Cadis talk, and that was actually pretty interesting about what they had to speak about because I think that was the conversation that I was looking forward to the most. They started off the conversation well, Rena just asking about the experience in the uh in the gate. I don't know if she recalled like. If she really gave too much information about what she went through, but she was asking Cadis about what he went through and was comparing it to what she had to go through. Yeah, it's definitely more her asking him and not giving away what she had. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The worst thing that she experienced in the gate was her inmate that she was chained to died, and she had to carry his body across, which was kind of traumatizing to her. And she wanted to make sure that didn't happen to you, right? And I was like, no. I was like, okay. I yeah. think he said which one. So well, well, he had multiple, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. But so that, yeah. But that they kind of implies that maybe that maybe there could have been a chance that they did have to, have to at least once. I mean, true, but he did confirm that no, that never happened to me. So I mean, he didn't have to carry yeah. his dead inmates around, but they did come and get. They, I think she she asked if they picked them up, and he said yeah. So he didn't have to drag them around. <laughs> and. uh I think like he like started hatching up a plan and is like, hey, I, like I got a plan, um, but for this to work, we need Barnes on our side, yeah. and also the new commander of Momley. Which Elijah agreed that he would definitely help, and because uh-huh. Rena seems to be going along with whatever Elijah says at the moment, they are going to help Cadis, and Cadis will help them try mm-hmm. to take down the the leadership that is basically yeah. running the gate. So. Yeah, so the idea yeah. is to basically replace the current leader of Zolgov, and eventually, which is either lead an army or whatever lawful it was the It was the plan to have to force an inquiry into what's happening at the gate that needs the three commanders of Zolgov, Momli, and... Zatish and Momli. Yeah. Like, that's an interesting thing that he's going to try to... Like, he seems like he's like... Before he he was willing to wait to rise up in command. This one's like, no, I'm gonna fucking take it now. It's like I'm I'm done playing nice, essentially. Yeah. I know one other character like that. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, that character's not a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it seems like Cadis is he's still a lawful good person. Um, but like we don't know if he if he had him if if if, if, he, if he if if there is an alignment change. But it seems like he still cares about people and he still wants to do things by the books. But it seems like he's not gonna be he's not gonna be apologetic. He's not gonna be nice. He's gonna be like I'm gonna get what I want and no one's gonna stop me. Like I'm gonna yeah. plot. I'm going to play this political BS with the other commanders to get what I want. Yeah. And if and anyone else who tries to stop me can just fucking burn. So yeah. So once again, we have a NPC giving them the plan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad plan. No, it's he's, not a bad plan. It's he's just been, he's been emotional. Plan. He's been, he's been emotional at the moment. I honestly, I think because we talked about who Cadis served under before, right? Mm-hmm. Like he basically served under uh, Leon, and he was like one of his proteges. Yeah. So he has the military strategic mind of how to tackle Punjab threat. I'm not concerned about his plan. I'm concerned about how his own personal well-being, because it seems like he doesn't give two shits about what happens to him. Um, so it sounds like he needs more of an emotional anchor more than anything. Yeah. Um, I think, and I, and I also wanted to bring this up a little bit earlier, but I, I was forgetting. 
because Ophios isn't here, I think it allows Elijah and Rena's relationship to grow a little bit stronger. We see a hundred percent. We see um, Rena relying on Elijah and his decision making rather than just going, you know, going whatever the hell she wanted to do, like when Ophios was around. So it's going to see how that dynamic changes once Ophios comes back. And I honestly cannot wait to see, you know, how the party reacts. But let's uh, move on just a little bit more. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think nothing much is going to change, but I think Ophios is going to bring more... I want to. I'm not going to say emotional weight, but uh, help uh, bring the party a bit more focus because now they don't have that emotional weight that's pulling them back. There's going to be a fuck ton of confusion still, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one 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 important thing. Um, they may go along with this plan. Uh, is that Rena and Elijah were talking about trying to convince the commander not to even go to the the uh, temple because they feel I'm, like it's going to waste not. Not waste time traveling or even that. It's like, we don't know how time works since we uh, might have messed it up. And we don't know how much time it's going to cause to pass out here while we're in there and all that kind of stuff. Cadis believes that the commander seems kind of single focused, that she's not going to agree with that. She wants to go along with the plan and he is willing to help her to get on the good her good side is what I honestly think that's, that's about. I'm true. Also, technically, they don't need to go into there. Her just seeing the temple, I think, is like what Elijah said earlier, is I think will be proof enough. I don't think that's going to be proof uh, at all. Like, it, like the, the the weird, well, it becomes something that it wasn't before. I feel like it will verify because she always she'll need soul. to at least see or experience some of those pools. Yeah, there. she's going to want to go inside. That'll be proof enough, I reckon. Probably. True, um, true, 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 but and probably still will be interested in what's at the top. Yeah, yeah. If I imagine they can convince her, probably the first floor they could probably explore in relatively safety. It's the ones that are higher that are probably the big oh, deals. Yeah, no, those ones definitely gonna be big deals. I, I feel like if they kind of give her forewarning and like we'll lose years and perhaps months or years out of this, so do not go up the higher floor. I feel like she can convince not to go that high. I mean, because there's serious danger. Well, Cadus appearing all human, just as we're in the. So technically, it's safer for Cadus, Rena, and the command to go up the top. Yep. It probably wouldn't be a good idea for Lodes to go back up there. <laughs> Though, unfortunately, with those three going up, those are three people you don't want to go onto the yeah. time pedestal and fix things because now they need both of those commanders for the plan they have. Yeah, that, that's what <laughs> so I was gonna it's say. probably not going to get fixed anytime soon. I was going to say that. Let's get another soldier. Well, Cadis agreed to that he's willing to stay back. Um, and what time was that? It was uh, there was Ostrad and there was the other one. What was the other one? Trizogo. Yeah. Yeah. Chisodo. Yeah. So he he agreed that I mean he he said he's willing to do that, but they need they can't just like take her there and then l help her get in and then just leave because they need her like you were saying they need her for that plan so that's not happening <laughs> and she's not going to be satisfied with oh look it's a magical opening <laughs> maybe you guys were telling the truth I I don't think that's going to be enough for her at all honestly I think they should bring Cadis just in case if she tries to pull something. I, Cause, but they're worried. There's about always her, a chance. They're worried. They're worried there's about his, his health. 
I mean, true, but like the dude's like what survived in the gate for years. I mean, I think that's problem. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure he could, like, he could walk, like, he could survive a bit longer. <laughs> yeah, just like it's just the possibility, but yeah. Also, um, we're kind of getting to my my quick topics now. Um, R.I.P. To, to Leo. You know, uh, Scott forgot that Leo existed. He was a wizard. Who? <laughs> You mean the person that we don't give a shit about? <laughs> no, on to Thronekeeper, guys. <laughs> no, we we, we, we got to talk about that amazing role and how clutch that role was. <laughs> what, what role? Oh, and you know, oh, my role. Role getting uh, turned oh, inside out in front yeah. of uh, Yondas, I think it was. Yeah, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I mean, ignoring Leo. But let's speak about uh, me. Um, <laughs> about that amazing role where uh, Ophios wasn't sure if he was going to um, be able to um, reunite. Yeah, reunite. But he was going to be passing by the village. And the party did say they're going to leave the village to check uh, what's going on in the outskirts. Well, they were checking to see if that snake was following them. Yeah, the snake was following them. And there was like a, ch- there was a percentage chance. And basically... I basically rolled both times basically where uh, Ophios was and where the party, or, uh, where Elijah and Rena uh, w- would be. And it has to be a certain uh, margin. And basically, it had to be within, a, I believe, a seven-point margin. And I basically rolled very well where they're very close to each other. And <laughs> I would say the best part of that was the chat <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. Where he yeah. straight up told him, I am your god. That is yeah, I, I just I had to do a couple of spit takes. Yeah. <laughs> I choose to believe that Snaga the abusive in game basically is like I fucking hate the soap opera that I'm watching. Just kind of like just guided the hands of Ophios to go a certain direction towards the party and he's like, Okay, you're a good boy. <laughs> and just leaves. <laughs> I choose to believe that. So yeah, that was good. Also, um, listen, Regicide, when I'm doing my re- my rewatches, is probably the only one I don't skip through because <laughs> some of the conversations... Yeah, anything happens. <laughs> some of the conversations. Um, I think we need a Regicide podcast because they spent... How long was that, Steve? <laughs> yeah, I think you said in the chat. All right, yeah. <laughs> It was like 40. 15 minutes just on that freaking <laughs> double date debate. <laughs> it was one very interesting clip. So if you happen to look at a Discord clips taken by Viking, because I was unfortunately having to try and catch up on so many things at the same time. Uh, wait, wait, guys, so we're, we're on Zoom call. The Everyone probably can't see this, but we should all be uh, doing what Elijah said, <laughs> how we should speak to each other. Like We just talked through the side. Side profile. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I spoke. Well, the good thing about being on a Zoom call and this being an audio podcast is how do you know we were doing that already? <laughs> <laughs> I listen, I honestly love uh, their side conversations. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, but going back to that, if you look in clip section, Viking Magoo took a clip of a very funny little moment from that, which I recommend you watch. <laughs> is that it for Regicide, or is there any other questions or answers? You guys want to talk about yeah we're, we're gonna move over to we don't have, we don't have all the other ones to get to mate yeah i know i know i was like 
The only thing I want to shout out, though, is that this was a pretty big RP week for Elijah. Mm. He has some some weeks, but this one was like jam packed and it was pretty good. So can we can we keep Elijah? <laughs> like, like, can we just disown Yondis and just keep Elijah as the adopted child of Regicide? Listen, we can keep Yondis's side story so whenever other people can't be there and only Miss can. <laughs> yeah, like a, a mini, like a like a mini campaign. Like I, 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 I'm all for that. Yandis is one of my favorite characters, but man, I, I don't want Elijah to go, so I'm torn. Let's just think, Elijah's the superior character. That's not what I'm saying at all. Okay, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying though. So was it Yandis? <laughs> Speaking of forgotten ch- children, Thronekeeper. <laughs> oh. You can't keep slamming Thronekeeper, okay? I have the right. <laughs> this was a good episode. <laughs> it, it was a good episode. It was honestly... It was Unfortunately, good. I didn't really get much time to watch all this one, so it's going to be my silly still again. <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of revelations and party vocal ambition, I guess? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we start off the episode with basically them getting back to the town and... Lazlo going to his uh, his own room, and then Oscar training some recruits for a little bit until yeah. he meets. Yeah. That went well because uh, the recruits are just like we already have to do training. We have to do training for you randomly out of nowhere, straight now. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well described it perfectly. He's he's that super committed, super enthused guy who wants to train everybody when everybody else is like, God damn it, I just want to go home. <laughs> but um, it's unfortunate timing, like with all this time. Oh, yeah. it's unfortunate timing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we end up meeting Faust, Lazlo's eccentric master. Eccentric is not enough. This guy is um, he's like an anime master. <laughs> Just if you me. really want someone to picture a picture, Master Roshi. Master Roshi. Everyone was saying that. He's like Master Roshi turned up to eleven. Yeah. He's also got divination and teleportation on his side. Hmm. Why has he got that? I wonder. With all the people that he's talked about paying attention to. Hmm. <laughs> I love how they switch that conversation. It's like, wait, why are we watching uh, Lady Arceum? It's like. Oh. Why, why are you watching Lady Arsium? Um, oh, what? Did I say that? <laughs> and and also, he can teleport within the castle whenever he wants, breaking a security protocol. Also, talking about breaking things, we have um, Laszlo still using Arcane Congress materials. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Called out by his own master for it, too. <laughs> He gets super called out, dude. When, when he, that little Master Roshi guy is totally you out for breaking something when he's breaking all these other sort of things. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. <laughs> we also find out that uh, Oscar's, um, I want to say scar, but it's not a scar. It's like a magical wound. There you go. It's, it's actually dampening his uh, his ability to pick up magic. So, Well, it's also... Resisting magic too at the same time. Yeah, yeah. but it like Alasso said, it's affecting the outside and possibly the in. So it's hard for him to be able to learn magic, I guess. Also, uh, yeah. So um, they have to figure out a way to turn that off, 
and he leaves with them saying, you need to do more research. <laughs> Call <laughs> Call me when you figure it out. That's an unfortunate thing, because uh, Lesser lives fucking way longer than he yeah. does. <laughs> lives way longer than both of them. And if he gets the time to research it, he might be done by the time they're both in the <laughs> I didn't even think about that. With, all, with everything he's got going on, I, do you really think he has time? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I imagine so. But, uh... He probably won't be calling for us again, though, yeah. by the time he's finished it. The conversation that Laszlo and, uh, Oscar have after, immediately after that was kind of interesting and, like, almost... Slightly paranoid, I would say. But with good reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 I would uh, say both Lazo and Oscar have both proven that they're very paranoid about a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was... It's a conversation about uh, their opinions on the Queen's Council. And that a lot of the council members have their own interest in several other th things that's outside of the interest of Malta. Uh, Isaacs are interested in Iscaria. Uh, the Arsene's got interests with um, Galdaria. Arcane Congress. Oh, who? Arsene has interests in Arcane Congress? But, I mean, we find out yes more and, magic, no, yes and no. We find out more, but it's yes and no. Then there's, I forgot who the other family, but they have interest in Galdaria. Uh, Nadia's family has interest in Galdaria. Uh, the Qatar. Uh, Nadia has um, Yavans. Nadia yeah. was the Yavans one. Yeah. Qatar, the weapons guys, is Galdaria. And there's another guy who had interest in Yavans. And yep. they're, they're the Bombo guy, the yeah. guy with the Oathkeeper guy. Yeah. And it's very interesting how they're like. They're like, well, let's, put, let's ask them the hard questions. Let's play a hardball. Let's blackmail them. I'm like. Okay, like, well, there, you're kind of turning this up a hundred well, yet. There's a like, reason that Laszlo felt that way, and I think we should discuss it. After last uh, episode with um, him talking to the AC, uh, he, he basically is distraught that he's looked at as such a villain. Like, he, I guess he had his, like, um, he, he had inklings of that. Suspicion? Well, he had inklings that they would, yeah. that they would see him that way. It's just, like, the reality of it hit him and it's like damn like they actually turned me into a monster and him having to deal with that <laughs> but him him having to deal with that is what made him feel like okay maybe i should stop hiding maybe i should just present who i actually am so he takes off his goggles and you know everybody sees him without without his goggles anymore I, that's you know basically a representation of that and then also he says that if they're going to treat him like the villain, he's going to become the villain. And that's where we're getting what Naga was saying, that Laszlo's like, fuck that, we're just going to blackmail everybody. <laughs> sounds sounds very Casper-like. <laughs> oh, never mind. Uh, sorry, I was just uh, having day <laughs> daydreaming. Anyway, um, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, that's interesting. I think that's kind of like, I guess you could say is the root of why he kind of was like, you guys have potential, but you're just scattered-brained. And I guess that's why he was kind of upset with the council. But to fair, I feel like they kind of need more encounters with the council and see how things are. If if they if they feel like their ideas are getting pushed back, then I feel feel like that's more warranted. I feel like their ideas seems more suspicious than actuality, which could be in actuality. But yeah. I feel like try to work with them first. 
then if they're just not moving, then play hardball because they haven't really implemented anything to change Amulto's course yet. They're about to, but not yeah. yet. Like Heathcard was saying when they meet him later, uh, that's kind of the reason why we hired you yeah. guys. <laughs> because this group of people that they're already suspicious about now, are like, yeah, they're not going to be able to get it done in time. We need another group to do it. So I think this might be a point where Lazar needs to realize, all right, this is my job. <laughs> it's like, you, like, yeah, basically, like you, they, they were hired to do something that, like, they were hired, like, you go out there and figure out what we need to do for the best of a multi. Because I feel like they would recognize, like, our council's a mess. We have several different directions. We need yeah. so, we need to hire someone to basically give us clarity by going investigate, talk to think, uh, talk to people, give us the best possible options for us to vote on it and not stay the same course. Sure. Yeah. Give them the building blocks for a way forward. Yeah. Quick thing. Apparently, Heathgard does not have any good things to say about Lander Debellum's military leadership at all. <laughs> I mean, does anyone? I mean, I'm pretty sure his his, his son is dead quiet about his military accomplishments. <laughs> I know you're a little biased because of what happened to you in, in uh, the Patreon game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, dude was an asshole. Like, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna. We're not gonna speak about that. Like, oh, but, let's just say Leon is superior in every way. <laughs> but uh, I could be wrong, but I don't think he has much influence within Rep because he's not. He's working under Icarus, but we don't know uh what he's being used for. Is he just a commander, or is because I'm pretty sure it. I'm pretty sure the like the leaders of that rebellion are pretty might be pretty aware of he's a pretty shit commander, but he's a commander they have. Which is better than not true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm I'm, um, I'm just I'm just curious what the, what that play is. And he's also said that he's uses different tactics to Chris, so maybe they're hoping a multitude of tactics will give a multitude of results. Wait, what do you mean different tactics from Icarus? Uh, you mean like Icarus tactics works while his doesn't? What I mean is that he says he uses different tactics to Icarus. <laughs> it's not a matter of success because different tactics give different results. Like Landers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What kind of, what kind of worms yeah. did I open up? Um, let's just jump ahead to... <laughs> Oh wait, do you want to mention uh uh he uh he oh Heath card about him disappearing and him talking about the uh of the pre curlarum and the uh Yeah yeah I was gonna bring that up the precolarum. We actually find out a little bit more information about one particular member of the precolarum, and that is uh Krilla, Krilla Isaac. And we find out that um she is the head, she's a savant. Which is like this is like top secret information, and she is a practitioner of shadow magic, which is not taught regularly. It's very rarely taught, and um, she has the insight perception of basically like a god. <laughs> if you start acting strange, she knows you're acting strange, and she will probably figure out why you're acting strange. So, are you are you sipping for Krilla? <laughs> Listen, Krillis is basically like a, a god. I mean, I'm like, that's... Listen, Krillis, 
from this description, Krillin seems like a, such a badass, dude. I can't. <laughs> I mean, I know. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> like, I could get into that if you want. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. To get it short, because technically the party already encountered it, and I don't see why to keep it much secret. Uh, secret? Hikatsia is a Patreon city that I made with Scott. Um, and how the party interacted with that city was very amazing. And the very few things they found there was also pretty interesting. Emphasis on few. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's usually yeah, the case. They, very, they, found, they found more about Hikatsia after leaving it then they were inside of it. But yeah, basically Krilla is like part of the pre-crown, which is the military intelligence of Amalta and how they interacted with Tristan, Krilla, and uh, Ghost and Ava was interesting to watch. Also, the hints about sh- uh, their use of shadow magic that, that the pre-crown study mm-hmm. studies and does that is also interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It makes sense that a uh, pre-crown would be in such a place, though, because if it's supposed to be such a resort place, such a like casino and gambling and all that sort of like entertainment sort of place, and you've got other people from other places turning up there, you'd kind of want to know what's going on. Oh, yeah. And that'd be a perfect place to find out. To keep it short and basically hold most of my cards in my chest, I told Scott that this city is essentially one part uh, Las Vegas and another part Washington DC, but more towards like the agency side okay. where like a lot of the U S agencies are housed there and basically a lot of intelligence gathering. So that's, that was kind of like the model of beyond that. And it'll be a very, a lot of bureaucracy, not, no, not bureaucracy. It's more like secrets. Intelligence gathering is there, not bureaucracy at all. When making the city, I want it to be a place where the party would have fun then. Um, fun that everyone had a reason to go there and report there. For example, Oscar, basically, he wants to have develop a relationship with uh, uh, Corella because she has the military intelligence on her side. He, he, he's going to say, I, I see value to that. If we have that person on our side and have open communications with them, I could see potential value in going back to Hikatsia. Laszlo, uh, his interest was peaked when he learned that, oh, they practice shadow magic. I'm not familiar with shadow magic, and that's another reason why he Paul would go there. And basically, like, what is a shadow magic? How can I understand it? And uh, Doxy's character, Chrysalin, probably has the most reason to go to Hikaskia because it is a a multi slash Iscarian resort, but is within the multi's borders. It kind of best represents what Chris Ellen is as a person. Now she so has even it, more reason. Wait, yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of interesting people to talk to. There's a lot of motives and reasons why the party would want to go there and have a relationship with certain characters. It's it, and it's it's a it's a fun place to be at. Just careful what you say. <laughs> okay. So let's um jump ahead straight to the conversations to with um Lady Arcium. I mean because they they have a uh, conversation inside of Chris Ellen's chambers saying what the plan is and plotting what they're going to do. But we can move oh, a little that bit was ahead a great to conversation. Uh, Laszlo's encounter with uh, Lady Arceum. It, it, it was... I, I love how that went. I agree. I messed that up. Lore <laughs> episodes are the well, best Steve, episodes. You got some more to drop on you. Flat out. <laughs> 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 
yeah that's that's definitely one thing um tk is like really good for, if you want to find out lore about the world you should probably be watching uh thornkeeper because you find out a lot <laughs> do you want to start a little bit uh well i mean i could it just we wouldn't go anywhere <laughs> okay like i could fill in this because i feel like this is where like my attention was most drawn t- towards like this was i think the highlight scene so oscar basically went to meet lady uh arsium because he kind of wants to gauge her motive of, like what does she want why would she speak to our king congress members and uh basically also figure out some time stuff and he goes to her and basically kind of explains to her hey time is weird our time or our memory of time is weird and I went to Akatsuya, and I saw you there. And basically kind of say, like, I saw the exact dress you wore in that ball, and you spoke to uh, Arkane Congress members as you leave. What was going, what's going on there? Because I know you have interest in the Arkane Congress, but I don't know why. I don't know what your motives is. And she was like, I want to trust you, but I need assurances. And she was very hesitant. But when Lazo was like, no, I'm willing to go in all out on understanding how to fight the Arkane Congress because apparently that's a commonality they want. Also, uh, just get, uh, get a side, uh, some side information to learn more about Lady Arsium. Apparently, uh, she lost a lot of friends during the course of the, this entire war. Like, one was burnt uh, burnt down in the house. I wonder how that happened. Uh, and um, there was a uh, stra- straight arrow killed another one. And, like, there's several i popped into chat at that moment for was a break at work and the, yeah. it was the first thing that came to mind was the daniel fortescue from medieval yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this guy that died from an arrow from the from an arrow and straight to the eye <laughs> and he was the leader <laughs> my first guest would have been uh josh's first uh patreon character but then there was the mention of a ho- one died in a house fire and i am assuming that's going to be his father and that there may or may not be Arkane Congress foul play in some of those deaths. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, Heathguard suspects Yeah, Heathguard suspects it. Or Oscar pointed that out. And apparently she's finding herself with less and less brilliant minds around her, which you can assume what that toll is. That you're losing friends and people who are like-minded as you, who basically has a priority over magic. So what she does is she introduces to Laszlo about a Maltese curses. Which no one knew was a thing. Um, yeah, and that's, that's a pretty big. Thing. And as Lazlo's been like looking to what kind of magic she was doing, it Scott basically mentioned it wasn't shadow magic, but he did say it was kind of dark magic. And when she was finished, it basically came in the form of a letter. She whispers something to it, and I think put a seal on it. And she says, "Okay, eat this. It'll make the message readable." But if you ever break the secret, the curse will basically give you Babel Mouth, which is, mechanically speaking, it, Lazlo can no longer cast magic. He can no longer make sense. And he just becomes someone who just speaks gibberish. So, without hesitation, he does it. And he reads it, and it says, I paid the Arkane Congress to mod- uh, modify the memories or enchant some members uh, of the council to for a vote. Yeah, the letter specifically says, uh, I paid the Arcane Congress to sway the minds of a couple of people at the party. That yes. Day. And that was honestly a big shock, I, I feel. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I feel like, holy shit, that's like, 
she could be tried for treason for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. But honestly, it made me like her character even more that she is this ballsy. And um, a later conversation she uh, has with Chris Ellen was that I don't like leaving loose ends. Well, I wonder what happened to those Arcane Congress members after she paid them. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, obviously they have blackmail on her. Oh, she did something. <laughs> yeah, they probably got their two yeah, goals. Worth. They got they got their two goals worth. So I'm like, I want. I wonder if. Uh, <laughs> I, I I wonder that if that's why the pre-Colum were uh there. Um, it was like the only other thing I have to add to that with that curse. So we might eventually see a tiny gibbering mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he actually didn't bring it up to Chris Ellen, so you know there may yeah. be a chance that he doesn't. <laughs> he can't repeat it, and that kind of sold Lazlo of I'm working with you because you too want to overthrow the Arkin Congress, and that's a prime motive for you, and that's something that I'm 100% on. Lazlo always has said, I do not think Perindel is the problem. I think the Arcane Congress is a problem. And she very much agrees, and she's basically someone who's for that agenda. So that they're going to have a very interesting relationship in the future. And they also went on to talk about the ghost thing, which... uh, Well, we see that Lady A, um, RCM, has not even looked inside the box. Which this magical box that uh, Lazlo tells her these mystical things happen, and she hasn't even looked in, inside the I damn mean, thing yet. True. Which I find is like, <laughs> what the hell? Lady? Wasn't that <laughs> like two days after he gave it to her, and she was waiting on the Tell response before. from. She was waiting on the response for what those arcane congress guys did anyway. Um, she... no, because she was there. So. Because technically they're in the same room. Remember? Yeah, no, it's particularly muddled and three I, I think it's like she didn't have that much of a high priority because she was doing her own project and she didn't know some like she probably thought this is probably just some sort of bag of holding or chest of holding, and probably didn't think too much to investigate it. Like he, Lazo doesn't have that high of a standing within the court structure, so she's she doesn't have like she doesn't feel like immediate obligation to immediately do this. Yeah, but I feel yeah. like okay, she's a magical researcher. And even if she can't go into the researching side, Laszlo is mm-hmm. is from the AC, so he knows what a damn bag of holding does. <laughs> so if he's telling her that this thing is a lot more mystical than just a bag of holding, you think? But she she's also a politician and like, has her own things to research, so she would take she would take other things a priority. She didn't really have an idea to compare, like how serious is this research and then when he's when he showed the ghost that has information about a friend of hers called malik which is a a a nice um yeah Yeah. nice uh, that was a patreon character and that was a nice uh hint that apparently rcm and malik have a professional relationship which is pretty cool um yeah i did turn into this a little bit yeah (laughs) I think she definitely put more priority on after hearing yeah, that. After, yeah, after hearing him, because then she's like, "There's there apparently is more to it than I first thought. And she thought, yeah. Yeah, so she so she's like, and basically... Say, and the mysterious figure that gave it to you also let you talk to ghosts that can tell, tell you things about people I know. Oh, this might be a little bit more fucking <laughs> important. Yeah, it'll be something more of interest. So seems like she's going to take that as more of a priority now. Cool, let's jump to Chris Ellen and Qatar. Do you want to jump to Chris Ellen and Qatar, or do you want to just jump to, straight to uh, Lady Arceum? Well, 
With Kusilin a Qatar, we find out that the past doesn't seem to affect the future. And, um, or doesn't seem to have that much of an effect on the future for certain people. Like, uh, in chat, Unfunny and I were talking about maybe that, um, if Raven did sleep with that girl, you know, the, the, the poor slaver girl, <laughs> that he probably wouldn't be his own ancestor. But that is because we find out that Qatar has absolutely no memory of Chris Ellen being at the party. He remembers her, uh, the first time that they met, that we've seen that they met, but he doesn't remember Chris Ellen at that party at all. Um, she, tr she like, you know, quickly saves herself from be looking like a weirdo by suggesting she had too much to drink. But other than that, you know, that's, that's probably like the biggest point that we find out. Also, um, Money is Qatar's first interest. Only thing I have to say to that is, uh, so he doesn't remember after they miss the first time. Doesn't remember her. Uh, that's while they're at the party. Doesn't remember her. She's at the party. Maybe it's something else. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> might be that he's pretending. Just and very good at it. That's that's just my read of the situation because it keeps fucking happening. Either that or he's got a bad memory. He remembers the first time they met because they slept together. And he totally remembers that. He just doesn't remember her at the party. I don't remember her when they met at the party. Yeah. So he doesn't remember when they slept together then. So now he remembers. <laughs> you see where I'm showing that? It's a bit like. It's very complicated to explain because Lady Arsium said later she remembers Chriselin at the party. But, yeah. Uh, and she breaks it down a lot better. Like, if if you want to get a little bit more of an understanding, you should watch that episode. I actually didn't even put a, a, a timestamp, which I probably should have done. She breaks it down very uh, scientifically. It's like, she's very calculating about the whole entire situation when she talks to Chriselyn about it. So, uh, And also, Chriselyn kind of, I don't want to say she built up a relationship with Arsium, but, like, I think Arsium's opinion of her improved after that conversation. Yeah. Chris Ellen is definitely a jewel. <laughs> because this entire time I was thinking like, th like there's no way Lady Arsium actually likes any of this. Like she seems like more of like a cold, like I'll, I, I made the comment that if Chris Ellen was a rose, Lady Arsium was a cactus. Yeah. I saw that. Um, <laughs> so it just seemed this wouldn't appeal to her, but how Doxy was going, like she was being respectful. She was actually uh, being charming. She's like, she wasn't being uh, as abrasive to Lady Arson that then like probably needed. Uh, also not being like thrown off by her cold demeanor. Yeah, so yeah. her persistence kind of cracked the armor. Uh, per pretty sure like Lady Arson has some monocle respect of Chris uh -huh. but like they lived in two different worlds, so she didn't really thought much about her. There is one major plot point after that, and that is uh, we learn that there is a... Uh, how do you say this word? <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Sil uh, simulcrum? Oh, yeah, basically a clone. Yeah. Yeah, simulcrum, as I said. Simulcrum. Yeah, I, I wanted to get the intonation right, because I, I, I had the correct spelling, but I'm like... Mm. That's not how it sounds at all. <laughs> but yeah, Simulcrum. Um, that there could be like a spell. combination between Fulcrum and uh, Simulation. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense, actually. But um, we find out that there is a a spell to uh, basically clone yourself. However, 
the clone does not think it's a clone. <laughs> it thinks it's you. And also the fact that it can be out talked by most people, except Lady Arsene brought up the fact that Chris Ellen's simulacrum might be a little bit better than than the other ones because she actually got Lady Arsene the chuckle, um, you know, at a couple of things and we we've seen some chinks in her armor. So she thinks that Chris Ellen's simulacrum might be a little bit more effective than most other people's for diplomatic missions, but she was advising against it for one, the reason I just said that the simulacrum won't think it's actually a simulacrum. It's going to think that it's Chris Ellen. And two, if people find out, it will breed bad blood. Yeah, and not to mention the, the, the potential places you're going to put it is a place where people have high tier of magical learning that could probably figure it out. Yeah. So sending to the sill and, or sending to the uh, quote-unquote dwarves, probably a bad idea because they're like, that's not a person. Um, probably sending it to like the rebels, they probably won't be like, Yeah, what the yeah, fuck yeah, is yeah. this? <laughs> it ends on the rebels, I guess. Uh, I, I imagine they're, they're ex slaves, like, I imagine their understanding of magic is very, very limited. Hmm. Yeah, like I said, it depends on the rebels. So, I have a discussion question. Uh, Snaggy, you remembered Octavius's name, yes, uh, when Scott couldn't remember it, yes, and once you brought it up, I'm wondering. Because of something that happens in Kingmaker, if Octavius is a Sloko, and the only reason I, the only reason I'm asking is because everyone we've ever met in all of our Rome campaigns, whenever their name starts with an O, they are Sloko. There was one that wasn't. There was one that wasn't. Who's that? Who's that? I actually wanted to Orsugo. Orsugo. Ah, Orsugo. Also, yes. Octavius. <laughs> Okay. Octavia. Right. Like we were I'm pretty sure we're certain that Octavia and Orsuga are not Sloco. Um Ah, you're right. Octavia. I don't think I'd want, yeah. yeah. want Orsuga to be up to the earth like yeah. a I'd more pressure him more like a Warhammer orc boss sort of person. So Okay. I completely forgot about those two because I was like everyone else we've seen. It, it, it's just a meme. It honestly, it's just a meme. Um <laughs> It's like the Magneto's house of um, House of M at this point. <laughs> Meming t- uh, like Tyler's uh, character whenever there's a sloko, I was like, ah, oh, but it has an O in it. <laughs> whenever there's a sloko, which I'm assuming most of the slokos we encountered are Patreon created. I'm pretty sure Ophelia was. I'm like a hundred percent certain. I'm a hundred percent certain Ophelia was Ophelia. Things are faced, but he didn't have Ophelia was. Because Taserface wasn't. That's the only other one I can think of that wasn't. And as well as the guy in Momley. Do we even have his name? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. I don't know if we got his name. Yeah, those two are the only two I think of that don't that weren't patron. I'm going to be disappointed if his name doesn't start with an O, though. <laughs> well, there is another Sloko who doesn't have a name with an O, and that's Finn. And I think that only happened because he was the very first car. Sloko we've met. Yeah, no, you're right. This is this car who was also <laughs> also wasn't, and it was Sasha <sighs> from those two from Ophios's session zero. Yeah, <laughs> you just broke my theory. <laughs> I did a lot. Don't I? This is just a meme. Your, your theory is based off a meme. It's entirely based off a meme. It was, it was it was it was mostly a joke, but you know, it's yeah. it's fun to think. I was, yeah. You know, maybe he might be a, a Sloko. He's just really good 
at pretending to be one. I mean, a human. Now I'm picturing Osugo, but it was like when he died, his legs suddenly became back to the snake one. <laughs> you said that, it's just like, I kind of can't get that out of my head. <laughs> it's me, Osugo. I should probably say for a trump card before this time thing all wears off. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's everything for Throne Keeper, though. Yeah, that's, that's Throne Keeper. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I'm not sure what they're planning to do next. I forgot. I'm but sure yeah. someone will mind us <laughs> if we have missed. Okay. But apparently, yeah, but in, inclusions is they made great strides with uh, the relationship with Lady Arceum and hopefully Lady Isaac, if she remembers. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. I'll feel very bad for Doxy because like, she spent so much time working out that mm, relationship and the memories of fucking everything yeah. so we have kingmaker yeah had yeah, a little bit of a surprise in the middle of that one where it's like oh neil was going to be going but he's not going now oh that's a mini heart attack and a half <laughs> that was like a roller course it's like listen neil was gonna go he, he he's going back to school or work or whatever and he, that yeah. time cell is gonna be filled and next week was this week was last. going to be a, yeah this, this week, week was, was gonna, gonna be our last. last year it's like ooh. Yeah, uh, and he's like, but apparently, and I was like, oh, Scott, you're such a dick. <laughs> Especially to Will, where we had that little chat after Kingmaker, where um, Scott's brother Will. Oh, yeah. Um, he, he said, oh, I, I might need you to play a character in KM uh, this week. And he's like, okay, just just tell me. And then, uh, like, like, I guess, like an hour and a half before. Start saying something like and he gets a message around about, like, I think it was the starts at eight and around about seven, he got a message. Uh, never mind, we'll just, we'll, yeah. we'll leave that for now. Like, <laughs> you son of a bitch, yeah. I woke up fucking early for this. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad for Will. <laughs> like, he, he talks, like, <laughs> I'm not going to say what those opinions are. Well, leave that to him. Yeah. We are happy that Kingmaker isn't ending, but, um, you know, it, it's because of some circumstances that are happening in real life that, um, like we said before, is Kingmaker's uh, not ending is a silver lining in people's real life situations. So hopefully everyone can get back on track and can recover quickly. I don't want to say as soon as possible because then Kingmaker ends. <laughs> but, but you know what? It, it's only because we like the characters, we like the story, and we want it to continue. So Yeah, it really would be a shame if Phil Raren had to leave. <laughs> Also, what the fuck? I've been on this Griska's gonna return propaganda train for like half of the episodes that are out right now. <laughs> and we learned that Griska probably wouldn't have returned. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. Jake bringing that up in that little chat as well. Like, I love Griska. <laughs> like, but well, I'm just saying, like, it wouldn't. No, I'm not gonna get in there. I, I can't even finish that. I can't finish that joke. I, I would miss Grishka if he was gone. <laughs> I was gonna make a joke. Yeah. I was like, oh, if Grishka's gone, then I guess the world's gonna be better. I was like, no, no it's it'll be sadder. <laughs> I've been on this train for three episodes, and I was just gonna be wrong. <laughs> I mean, to be fa- to be fair, Jake did something that to kind of explore an unknown, possibly dangerous part of. A plane that he doesn't know. If there is no assurances if there's a return trip to. Mm, yeah, and um, and then Regicide fucked up time, which is very closely connected to um, 
thing. So maybe there's a little wall stopping him from getting back in until that time thing's fucking resolved. <laughs> See, the, the only way this could be worse is if someone just drops a trump card. But speaking of time... Hmm. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some re- uh, Kingmaker episode six. Yeah, we had a lot more conversations with um, Kroll and the Emperor, and them really getting on. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was very interesting. It was the Emperor had a very interesting conversation. By the way, do you guys see like the Emperor is evil? No. Dude, I'm gonna say this. I thought. Uh, Delic was grooming Kroll to be the next BBEG for like two to three episodes. He could be. He could be. <laughs> I, thought when, I thought when Griska came back, Kroll was going to be the next bad guy. <laughs> the moment we met him in our Patreon game there, Naga, I did not think this guy was going to yeah. be evil. I, I, I still, still don't think he's evil. I just think he just greatly, like, he differs from the, uh, mainly Rayron. Yeah, that's yeah. part of the reason why I've stuck with it. That's one hundred percent. Like, <laughs> like basically, what the Mole Empire did was terrible, and he was their emperor. But it's, it's like, I mean, he would have had that starting point anyway, from because he yeah. was the last of them. There's the last of the yeah. emperors, so he had all that stuff built up that was already built up behind him in the first place for him to have been anywhere yeah. else. At, look, at best, I see him True. as lawful neutral. One yeah. of the things he did say though is that through his reign, they were able to perfect those experiments that um, basically made the spirit heavier so that they could use it as a uh, fuel source. And they, <laughs> let me say this, I'm guessing that that experiment that he was talking about concerning the perfected body, um, both in and out of uh, this this plane, was initiated by him. Hmm. Yeah. The, the idea, if I remember correctly, was that they, uh, uh, the twins were gods and they were created to have the perfect soul from the perfect bodies. And then they made another one which had the perfect body but not the perfect soul. And the end result yeah. was to make the perfect, not parent, but mole have the perfect yeah. body and soul. And spirit, yeah. um, I don't know if they were created to be gods. I think they were just created to have heavier souls than everyone else. I think uh, he said they, he felt like they made them too powerful. The, well, those two. There's explanations given in some PDFs that he's done with the elemental spirits and that sort of thing, elemental planes. Right. Yeah. Where the heaviest usually ends up becoming a contender to become a god. Yeah. That plane uh, so. But also, because I've been also watching Dark Zones on Lost Initiative, my guess is that they kind of have like, if you're looking at it strictly mechanically speaking, they probably were given mythic tier levels and then yeah. died and then became full-blown gods. So when they yeah. died, it was actually um, the, the Mole King says that they committed suicide basically just to fuck <laughs> He thinks it's just to fuck with him, but, you know, to actually cause ripples. I and, mean, is he wrong? I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> like, I, imagine how many people died. Like, 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 just saying, like, oh, yeah. like, like, okay, the mole empire sounds like asshole slavery experimentation, yeah. But we're talking about like, it, like, the collapse of an empire. I won't say overnight, yeah. but in a very short time span. And yeah. um, like, imagine what horrible things that they went through to the point where most of their history was wiped out. 
a little help from some friends. Yeah, that's because of one person. But to be fair, too, the martyr was also part of it. The, like I she mean, had different reasoning, but she also contributed in their downfall. And um, like we don't know how many people died because of it. I'm talking about their history being wiped out, not the um, not <laughs> the. Empire. I mean, true. I mean, true. Yeah. I mean, true. Like the arbiter wanted to continue it, but still, her reaction was like. I'm pretty sure, like, the curse kind of ensured that a large part of their history was wiped out. Maybe. Mm -hmm. I, I can see. I can I see what you mean. Um, also, there is... Dark is a very in-depth explanation of uh, the planes in his world and how they work. Um, if you are looking to view that in the VOD, it is at 3 hours, 16 minutes, and 42 seconds. And then it continues at three hours 18 minutes and 15 seconds if you feel like skipping the the little bit in between but you should probably just watch uh do, do you want to give the short version or um uh, with the time stamp i think we're fine i mean if they really need to watch it because he he sums it up also and he okay. sums it up around that yeah. time so okay um another fun fact um abstergle 13 was named Jonathan kingmaker yeah that? again <laughs> Ooh. The elusive of Sturgo yeah. Thirteen. Long may he reign. Long, long may he parade. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, that 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 typo you did in Discord chat that time. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different Discord chat, but as Absterho uh, Thirteen, I'm like, oh, Absterho, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, but also. Uh, he, uh, the emperor also implied that he suspects that it wasn't just the arbiter and the martyr that were involved with the collapse of the Empire. He suspects there's a third because how he describes like throughout parent history, what he can understand is that there's always three. They always do things in pairs of three. Groups of three, yeah. Yeah, in groups of three. He has no concrete example, but he remembers that it was a three-plong attack and what he understands about the uh, the empire that the parent built afterwards was there's always three leaders, three major cities run by three people. It's always a trifecta. Yeah. And apparently uh, the Arbiter and the Martyr have some sway over the parent people. He suspects that there has to be a third individual. He doesn't know who it is. And one of my guesses was Abstergo 13, but that it doesn't make much sense to me. I think it's probably going to have something to do with Erevo. Uh, I don't think it's Erevo. Considering this her place uh, now, it could be. I think it's going to have something to do with her. I think it's Kraleen, to be fair. But uh, what I was going back to was that... Uh, yeah, he was too young. Oh. Like, 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 Because apparently they're still researching. Too young, and also considering where he was when we found him, and for what he said when we found him. I don't think that was him. Yeah. It, it could be another god. The, the other idea we have, uh, I have, because, like, I, I think this is more me having a, a big head, but um, it could be Snog of the Muses, but I doubt it, because I, I feel like he wouldn't have much interest in the parent people, but he was apparently, according to Regicide, he was, to them, he wasn't a god. The, 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 like, he was more of something they experimented on, or basically, like, his creation yeah, or whatever. Yeah, similar to them, so, so he could have potentially also been another one to have a hand on it. Yeah, it, it's a potential. Uh, I doubt yeah. it, but it's another. Kraleen is the other option that comes to mind, because I'm like, it'll be interesting, because we don't know who Kraleen was before, apparently. Like, she was a guy that had a previous life, 
So it'll be like maybe she was somehow involved. Maybe it's the per- maybe it's the person with the two gold that now has three gold. Uh, the that uh, Rayren tried to seduce. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, speaking of that, he gave the girl some gold. Well, it was a gold specifically, but he still did it. Goddamn! <laughs> it was a trifecta. Yeah, it kept to the threes. Yeah. Actually, going to the trifecta thing, does that mean like three threesomes are very popular in Parandell culture? <laughs> I mean, we haven't heard anything to say otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, I feel like that should be written canon somewhere. Rena, get on it. <laughs> huh? Wait, what? She has the ability to make things canon or not. There's something you can do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, I was like, wait, what? I didn't think I did <laughs> like did you did you did you, did you, did you process what you just said? I knew I was getting someone else. It was too late because yeah, it was like oh, Cannon. I was like, no, Steve, rethink what. Like, Whoa, it's called a throwback. Everybody. That's called a throwback. Oh God. You going? If you guys don't hear Steve. Next week, it's probably because Rena stole his soul. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Rita listens to him. I think I'm kept in a chaos. Why the hell wouldn't I take it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, quick thing before we jump back to the future, I mean, the present is. Uh, future? Yeah. We get this- what is it anyway? Future! I'm broken. Future. We did get to see um, Crow bitch slap Raren again yeah. <laughs> for appearance. Yeah, and Raren going, "I can cut you down with the sword, you know." They're like, and it's like, "Yeah, but I got the worst power." It's like, "Your your your master's power didn't didn't matter much. We still killed him anyway." Like, yeah, but um, <laughs> well, yeah, all right, my master was eating you. All right, yeah, we still killed him anyway. <laughs> that clip was so good, though. It was, it was, like, it everybody so go watch that clip. It, it was so bad. <laughs> it, it put it put it put Neil in his place. Yeah, that, that was a good clip. Oh man, that clip is hilarious. <sighs> like we we put we we put your master down before we could uh, we could do it to get him. And we're like my my reply would have been, "Where's we?" Because everyone that killed him is gone. Like everyone else that killed him was gone. It's only Raven and him. <laughs> nah, Kroll gave the perfect. Uh, I'm sorry, the Emperor. I'm I'm choosing to believe what you said, and that it's the Emperor who said that. But um, yeah, the Emperor gave the perfect response. Yeah, <laughs> it should be said that Ellen, Raven, and Kroll all get back together again, <laughs> and end up going to Hold Queen, where Scott kept wanting to go for some reason. And I was just like, okay, it makes more sense for them to go to Harad or Kursal. Why the hell are they going Scott, to Hold Gwyn again? Scott, yeah, Scott was trying to like plot around. He's like, oh, do you want to go to Harrod or Hod Gwyn? And like, he he, he asks uh, Tesh, and he's like, oh, okay, sure. He's like, now you're being pulled towards the north, like by the power of plots. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I feel like it's to go north. And he has an interesting conversation with Leon actually about uh, yeah. Which religion? Yeah, with, about about religion. Which Val getting in touch with the advisors more than everyone else again. Oh, Ellen, sorry. Yeah, it's like I Ellen. Feel like, yeah, yeah, like, like, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Lian felt more <laughs> in touch with Val because Val kind of represents like one half of the deity that he worshipped, or I guess the prime deity that he worships now. That's why I guess I guess that's one of the reasons why Lian felt kind of distant to them because I guess the person that represents his religion is gone. Um, so fast tracking. Then he felt. Then Val felt forward to go to North, and then he goes North. Ellen, we keep uh, on mixing up Ellen and Val. <laughs> oh, Ellen, Ellen, Ellen feels the pull to go go to North, and then he goes North, and he meets the party, and is like, "I don't feel the pull anymore." We're okay, sorry, let's, let's 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 go ahead to Hot Gwen. Even though they originally were heading towards um, yeah. Cursefall, they're like, well, let's go. There is a reason they were going to Agwen, and that's because they wanted to go and investigate the, the time research place yeah. that um, the the Mole King was discussing with yeah. Cole. Yeah, but if they're planning to get on the, uh, out of the store to eventually do that, technically, could, wouldn't it be faster for them to, to like go to their capital then teleport? It would have been, yeah, Gwen. but <laughs> it was very skipped then. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it was a very uh, it was almost like Snaga rolled two uh, percentage dices and basically brought the party together. Um, so yeah, and then we there's a, a Sloko who the Emperor was very familiar with, the race. Yeah, I mean considering yeah. what Opius got up to, <laughs> it kind of makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I'm very curious if Ophios created his own race now. It could be because think, think about it. The mole basically uh, are basically like they they breed, uh, cr- like creatures. Like that's one of their focuses. Like they basically have like these certain class of of slaves have this important task. They made the parent, the pup, bears, and the goblins as well. So yeah, parent, the goblins, and uh, one of the things that I, that I just put two together about Ophios's race is that they have certain types of snake people that basically have certain tasks. There's the chroniclers, there's the uh, hunters, there's the taskmasters. That sounds like something that's a very mole ideology of basically breeding specific people for, to do a specific task. So it would not be out of Care like the only thing that seems odd is that they claim to be from their world, but also the lopers is claimed that the lopers are from their world, and so it's interesting to see if he unwittingly made his people. There's also other theories going on that um, the lopers are connected to the mold too. So, considering the time temple, yeah, it's it's kind of, it's kind of tenuous personally, but um, it's still. I mean, to be fair, it's. Yeah, it's it's not explicitly said, but it's like there's a lot of implications mm. that a lot of people. If you're watching all the shows, you can probably put things together. Just how exactly is it? Probably still doesn't make sense to, to others, but it's interesting regardless. And then they met the sucker. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, this this local's like apparently you met came across one of my people. Uh. We are hunting lopers. They are basically have been infiltrating this the Parental Empire. Uh, how, oh, how do how do you know what I'm saying is? Oh no, we just lost. Well, we're okay. still recording at least. So unfortunately, oh, well, we're still recording. So yeah, Vance has left unfortunately, but we'll get him back probably at some point. It's a case of um, yeah. Like it was a Soloko, they talked to him. And they basically he basically revealed a lot about the lo- about. Oh, he also the said that the Soloko they met was a 
was a was a lesser one, which is very interesting. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> a, a lesser one that can basically fold in and like an army. So mm-hmm. that's something to ponder, knowing that that one that basically hold basically like a low military and advances back low uh, military uh, position. Uh, and we, we are aware that there's probably one that basically rolls half an empire. Yeah. Well, also we so, have the issue that it's um, potentially only lesser because of its power level. Sure. So th- that's something to, con- uh, to consider. And apparently Ophios is the, one of the most famed hunters because he has been able to kill two, which is a big accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two. I still hope the event still has all the stuff that he's recorded so far. I, I'm hoping. Uh, uh, do you want to cut off here? Well, we've covered covered everything basically with the Loper was the end of the show and Scott had to leave because he was 50 minutes before he had to be at work and had to get other people to work and that sort of thing. All right, everyone, that's going to be our episode. Um, my internet cut out towards the end. <laughs> so There's going to be some unfortunate rambling at the end there, unfortunately, because <laughs> cutting in and cutting out, but but we'll hope you forgive us for that one. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. My internet just shut off for no reason, so sorry about that. Um Quick, quick things, and then we're going to end this episode. One is, we want to thank you guys for listening. We also want to thank Snaga for being here and guesting. Another announcement, Steve put in the community announcements. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, send him a DM. Uh, anybody can be a guest. We're not just taking cast members, although a cast, few cast members have uh, said they, they want to show up on the, the podcast, which is really great, and we're excited to have them. A couple of other things... It's Delic's birthday on Wednesday, so shower him with some love, everyone. That's going to be it. We hope uh, your weeks are safe. And uh, you guys have anything else to say? No, other than thanks to the cast for uh, for making the show so we can watch it. And um, thanks to Derek again for the whole world that he's made. Yeah. Uh, thank, thank you for the cast for always sticking to the plot and following the tended guidelines that Scott was... <laughs> trying to implement you to rejoin the party uh that's great um other than that uh everyone's great the community's great scott is amazing love you scott and um always burn towns (laughs) that's the one thing i learned so like it it just seals up loose ends that's all it it does it it does unless they have a speak with dead spell (laughs) <laughs> I mean, if that's the case, make sure that the uh, bodies are burned so horribly that the skulls are not intact. Dude, Green is going to get on you about that. <laughs> anyway. Oh, sure. I mean, sure. He can argue with God. Sure. Do it. Anyway, do it. I mean, I do. Thanks for listening. You guys are great. Have a good one. Have a good one.